Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We are still in our series of what it means to minister to the Lord, and we're going through our prayer model that we use at, here at 420, Thanksgiving, praise, worship, and intercession. We call it TPWI. This week we are on praise, and so I dive into praise, what it means to praise, and the ingredients of praise, which I believe are time and attention. We also hit down on the seven Hebrew words for praise, and spend a lot of time in Hebrews. Love you guys. Have a great week. Hope this podcast blesses you. Uh, the last four weeks of what, what we're doing is we're talking about our prayer model, which is TPWI, Thanksgiving, Praise, Worship, and Intercession. And so last week, Jeff uh, spoke on Thanksgiving, which, man, has really like changed our lives over the last, I'd say, three or four years of just learning how to give thanks. It's something that's so simple. It's something that people say, both in the church and outside of the church, like, man, thankfulness is good for your heart. Science says thankfulness is good for your heart. And yet, when you look at Scripture and you look at the times that uh, the Bible says it and that we're commanded to give thanks, I don't know, it's just like, as we incorporate it into the foundation of our lives, it really is the very lifeblood of, of everything that we do. And so, our prayer model, and when we say prayer model, we... Uh, we're only saying the way that we approach the Lord. So worship, or what we just did musically, it is prayer, right? It, worship is prayer where the topic is Jesus. And so uh, the whole time of worship, the goal is to look at him, to behold him, and to respond to what he's doing. But it, it's prayer. It's prayer set to music. And we use music because it opens up our hearts and because the Lord likes music. We, look at, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. We look at Revelation and David's tabernacle, which was a replica of what is happening in heaven right now. And what we see in heaven right now is that God has actually surrounded himself with music. And so our goal in ministering to the Lord is actually to learn God's preferences and to love him in the way that he wants to be loved. Not just in the way that our tradition has taught us, not even in the way that we want to be loved, but to love him in the way that he wants to be loved. And so um, when we talk about a prayer model and when we say we go through the prayer model on Wednesday morning prayer sets or on Thursday nights or anytime we gather, we're simply saying this is the way that we approach the Lord. And all of it is built on a foundation of bringing the Lord something, of bringing the Lord an offering. Uh, if you want to read about worship in the New Testament, the best, the best book is Hebrews. And in Hebrews 13, it talks about how Old Testament priests would bring sacrifices, animal sacrifices. And then Jesus himself, he brought his own body as a sacrifice. And now it says, so let us bring to him the sacrifice of our lips, the sacrifice of praise. And so the sacrifice that we bring to the Lord now is thanksgiving and praise. And so here's our prayer model. It is TPWI. If you hear us talk about it. Um, you probably have TPWI, Thanksgiving, Praise, Worship, and Intercession. We have learned and stolen a lot from Upper Room Church down in Dallas. They do T, I think it's uh, TWI, Thanksgiving, Worship, and Intercession. And they stole it from an old Pentecostal worship leader in like the 70s. And she, her prayer model, her steps were Thanksgiving, Praise, and Glory, which is like way more Pentecostal. But that glory moment is what we would consider worship. It's that moment of encounter. It's that moment of, like, as we, as we went into it tonight, of, like, really beholding the Lord. And, like, there's a fresh revelation of who he is. And all of a sudden, faith is birthed in our hearts. And so, um, just real quick, I want to do a, a real, like, walkthrough overview of how we use this prayer model. And then I want to focus in specifically on praise tonight. And so I'm going to try not to, try not to talk too long. But so Jeff talked about Thanksgiving last week. Thanksgiving is its agreement with what God has done 
and what he's doing. And so every time that we've found that we come in with Thanksgiving, and any time we're here on Thursday nights, Wednesday mornings, whenever we're here and we're gathering together, we will always start off with Thanksgiving, 99.9% of the time. And we've just found that Thanksgiving is like cleansing for us. It like cleanses our eyes to see the Lord. It cleanses our hearts to feel what he's feeling and to see him. And so we start off with thanksgiving, and then we move into praise. And praise is a declaration of who God is and his attributes. So praise is looking at the Lord, declaring who he is. So a lot of times we'll come into a prayer set. Maybe it's a Wednesday morning. We have like an hour of worship, and we start off with thanksgiving, and we start off with praise of everything is exaltational. Thanksgiving and praise are the foundations of any time that we gather, and we are looking at him. And then as we're looking at him and we're thanking him and we're praising him and the Holy Spirit is moving, the Holy Spirit's number one job, and we won't dive into it scripturally, but scripture says that the Holy Spirit's number one job is to reveal Jesus to us. And so as we're ministering to the Lord and the Holy Spirit is here, many times he will narrow in, the Holy Spirit will start to narrow in on a specific aspect of Jesus that he wants to reveal to us. And so as we behold then and narrow in on that specific aspect, and a lot of times like this is what we're trying to do as leaders is narrow in on that one aspect, that one, uh, that one trait of God. Maybe it's his faithfulness or his goodness or his kindness, but our focus is to narrow in on that one thing, that one revelation of the Lord. And a lot of times this is where you'll hear leaders start to go maybe more spontaneous or repeat, repeat phrases, and our goal is simply to say yes to what the Holy Spirit is highlighting about Jesus. And this moves into like the worship section. And so worship is, it's like the, it's the response to what the Holy Spirit is highlighting about Jesus. And it, it, it's, that, it's that feeling of unction. It's like when faith is authored in our hearts. It says also in Hebrews that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. And I love, uh, it, at Upper Room, Michael Miller, he always talks about, he pictures Jesus like just walking around the room with a pen where he's just like authoring fresh faith in people's hearts. And so like tonight, the Lord was offer, authoring uh, a fresh faith in, in his love and the fact that, man, we don't have to go anywhere, we don't have to accomplish anything, we can receive his love freely. And so he's authoring fresh faith, and there's that, there's that feeling of unction, there's that feeling of like, oh my gosh, like, my heart is alive again in this area, about this attribute of God. And so that's what we consider worship. And then from that place, we move into intercession. And intercession is agreement with, with what God said he would do. And we're really learning to love intercession, especially on on Wednesday mornings, and what we would consider intercession as well is taking what we are interacting with the Lord with vertically, and we're making it horizontal, and so like tonight, both Faith and Liz did it, and Matt did it there. It's taking what the Lord is saying, and then, all, then applying it horizontal to people, so it's ministering to people from a place of partnering with God, and the reason we don't start there is because as we are going before the Lord, our number one goal of gathering is never to minister to people. It is to minister to the Lord. And as we minister to the Lord, it actually opens up our hearts to receive from Him in ways that we never could if we just came in to receive. I think we say that like every week, right? We, we are unapologetically saying we are not here to minister to people. We are not here to minister to you. We are here to minister to the Lord. And when we do that, our hearts open up to receive from Him. 
It's amazing. It's changed our lives over the last couple of years. And so we also know that as we are beholding Jesus, he is our intercessor. He is always praying for something. And so intercession is when we step in and we agree with what he is saying about both people in the room. We agree with what he's saying about our community or churches or yesterday morning. Man, yesterday morning was so fun. Uh, just for an hour, we had an open mic time, and we just agreed with God's faithfulness both in the past and declaring his faithfulness in the future for individuals in our lives that have fallen away from the Lord, and we are agreeing with his heart. And so after, when we're praying from this place of intercession after we've beheld him, we're not praying from a place of like pleading, like, God, please do something about this. We're praying from a place of faith. We're praying from a place of, God, I'm beholding your faithfulness right now. How could you not be faithful in this person's life? Does that make sense? And so all of a sudden, our, our faith is, is full. And uh, the Hebrews also says that faith is a substance. And so faith is not just something that, you know, you either have faith or you don't. It's faith like it grows or it contracts based on the voices that we're listening to. Faith comes by hearing, and it's a substance. And so as we spend time beholding the Lord and listening to him, we have faith authored on our hearts. And it grows, and it grows, and it grows based on, you know, whatever he's highlighting for the day. And so um, that's why we do TPWI. We don't do it because that's the best way or the only way to approach God. We do that because it provides structure. It provides language for us. And uh, I know, at least for me and for Jeff, we do this in our quiet times as well. And so just about any time that I'm sitting with the Lord, I'll just start with a journal, and I'll just start thanking Him, and I'll just start praising Him before I do anything. And then I'm just trying to, you know, reading Scripture as I'm doing that, I'm looking for an encounter. I'm looking for something about Him that He is highlighting. And then from that place, I go into intercession, rather than just starting with a, with a list of requests. Um, but as, as we say every week, and I, I don't want to just move past it, is that, man, the Lord, the Lord loves it when we run to Him no matter how it is, right? We can run to him and just be like, Lord, I need this, I need this, I need this, absolutely. But our heart here is that we are not required to minister to him. It's our joy to minister to him, that we set our hearts to love him, not because it's required, but because we want to love him in the best way possible. Okay. So we're going to talk about praise. And I think praise is a, it's a matter of two things. So can we turn to Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 together? It's going to be our main passage tonight for the next 20 minutes. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. I hear one, I hear a page turning. Carly has a real Bible. Mm, amazing. Great is your treasure in heaven. All right, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. So it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The, that word per pioneer is all, also the author. He's the forerunner. He's the beginner, meaning he begins our faith and he also completes our faith. So we're not talking about that tonight, but man, isn't it good news that both he starts our faith and he ends our faith? <laughs> It's not like he starts our faith and then we have to finish it, or it's not like we have to start the faith and then he finishes it. No, 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 like he starts it, he's growing it, he's giving us the desire to know him, and he finishes and brings it to maturity. Whew. Holy moly. 
fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Okay, so I want to look at a couple things. I think that praise is a matter of two things. I think, number one, praise is a matter of attention more than anything else. Praise is giving Jesus our attention and giving him our focus, and it's a matter of time. So time and attention. And so we see this in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. And so it says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So what is this? All right, it's how do we endure over time? How do we continue to follow the Lord over time? Right into verse 2. By fixing our eyes on Jesus, by giving him our attention, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And then we, we see here how Jesus did it. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Okay, so Jesus, what had his attention? It was the joy set before him. It was knowing that for eternity he would be with us. I was talking with a, a buddy recently who was who had this, like, revelation during worship. Man, I'm really going to mess it up. But he was, he was in the middle of worship, and he realized, like, man, before Jesus came to earth, he was before time, which means that he saw all of our worship before he even came to earth. And so he knew the joy set before him that could it be that our worship tonight was part of the joy that led him to the cross? Okay, crazy. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider him. So that means to give him attention, give him focus, who endured such opposition, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And so praise is a matter of attention. It is putting our focus, our eyesight, and our gaze on who he is. And it is a matter of doing it over and over and over and over again. And I'm sure you guys have heard many messages and talks on worship, on praise. It is, uh, it is exaltation. It is declaring who he is. God, you are faithful. You are good. You are high above everything. You are holy. You are worthy. And we see this all throughout Scripture. And so it is any time that we are doing that, we are giving him our attention. It's a matter of attention. It's basically impossible to give Jesus praise without also giving him our attention. And then praise is also a matter of time. Check this out. So there's, a, there's some things in life that we cannot grow in and cannot become foundational in our lives except through time. Jesus, it says in Scripture that Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. Which is wild, because typically you think about, like, if you learn obedience, it means that you're disobedient. But it's not that Jesus was disobedient, it was just that he had to obey over time. That obedience had to be learned over time by just saying yes over and over and over again, by giving the Father his attention over and over and over again. It also says that Jesus grew in favor with God. Did Jesus lack favor with God? Did he do something to get out of favor with God? That's ridiculous. No, there was no sin in the way whatsoever, but actually over time, by saying his yes, by focusing his attention on the Father, over time, he grew in favor with God. And so both in obedience and in favor, you simply grow through time. There's some things that only time can grow. And so if you think about, if you are spending time praising God, and so declaring specifically like his attributes, so let's say like his faithfulness. If you are spending time praising him and focusing on his faithfulness, 
there's, there's different depths that you can go to. You can sing about, Lord, you are, you are faithful. You're faithful till the end. And it's, it's awesome to sing the line. And then it's a whole other thing to take that, that revelation of his faithfulness and then apply it to your life and say, Lord, you have been faithful, right? So I can sing, you are faithful. Then I can say, Lord, look at all these different ways you've been faithful. You've been faithful in my family. Lord, you've been faithful here. It's a whole other thing. Then you look in Scripture and say, Lord, you've been faithful all through Scripture. You've been faithful to the Israelites in the Old Testament. You are faithful to the church in the New Testament. You are faithful all through Scripture. It's a whole other thing to look at the lives of those around you and say, Lord, in my brother's life, in my sister's life, in my friend's life, you were faithful. Even when they ran from you, you were still faithful. And then it's, it's a whole other thing to say, God, you are faithful in this situation right here. And to spend the time meeting God in his faithfulness, in that attribute, in whatever situation that you're walking through right now. In the, the financial lack, in the broken relationship, in the, the area that you have no idea what to do. Lord, you are faithful right here. And so you are praising him in all of these different areas, all these different uh, circumstances, all these different perspectives of praising him. And it simply takes time to meditate on these things. Uh, the other, another way is to then praise him about his faithfulness in the future. And so, Lord, I want to I know your faithfulness about my future. And so spending time to, to meditate and to think on and to praise him as the one who not only is going to be faithful to me, but he's going to be faithful to the church. He's going to be faithful to the earth to return. Does that make sense? So it's, it's like it's one thing to, to sing a song of, God, you're faithful, and to do it for a couple minutes. It's another thing to like, man, I'm going to devote time and effort and resources into what, uh, continually every week. I'm going to thank him for his faithfulness, and I'm going to encounter him in my past, in, in, my, in his faithfulness, in my past, in my brother's story, I'm going to meet his faithfulness. And as we do this, we are, we are digging deep foundations in the amount of time that we spend in praise. Think about, um, we, t- we talk a lot about building like a, a resting place for the Lord here, and that's our goal. Ephesians 2.22 says that we individually are being built together to be a resting place for God and um, a couple weeks ago, I talked about being a priest and how priests are always connected to temples and how biblically, if you follow all the way from Eden to Revelation, of how now we are, we are the resting place of God. And how also, not just individually, he is looking for corporate resting places where he can show up and he can be the leader. And that's our whole heart, is that God would show up here and he would be the leader. And it's our heart for Hawville, it's our heart for our city, that God would look at Indianapolis and be like, man, that's a place I can show up, that I can rest my head, I can be myself. And so think about, like, I've never used this analogy before, so we'll see if it works. Maybe it'll flop. But imagine that we're building a tent for the Lord. Uh, just like in the Old Testament, like the tabernacle. We're building a tent for the Lord. So we, uh, who here has set up a tent? Okay, most people. Who here enjoys setting up a tent? Jeff does. All right, perfect. Everybody call Jeff if you need your tent set up in the rain. I'll give you his number after. But, man, I, so setting up a tent you have to get, I mean, it depends on what kind of tent you have, but obviously, like, there's the main structure, there's the fabric that you put up, but the whole thing that, that roots that tent to the ground is you put it pegs all around the outside, right? And you drive those into the ground. And so if you, those were not down, there wouldn't be any tension, there wouldn't be any lift, there wouldn't be any space. That dwelling place would not be very good. The tent would not stand on its own unless those pegs are driven into the ground. And each of those pegs are just like attributes of God 
that we drill into the ground as we are building a resting place for him, both in our personal lives, in our hearts, and here corporately. And so as we, as we are praising him and we're focusing on these different attributes of who he is, say it's his, his goodness, it's like we're driving a tent peg deeper and deeper into the ground. And as it gets deeper and deeper into the ground, the larger the storm, the larger the opposition against that, it, it can withstand. That resting place of the Lord stays the same. We can walk through storms when we have deep tent pegs and still be a resting place for the Lord and not lose our peace, not lose our faith. Because faith... Faith is something that, it, right, it, it's a substance. It always used to drive me crazy when people are just like, yeah, I, I have faith, I have faith. I, I just finally started asking the question of like, all right, so what do you have faith in? And people would never know what to answer. The faith is a substance. You have to have faith in specific things. You have faith in the goodness of God. You have faith in the faithfulness of God. You can have faith in, you know, whatever it is. And also, like, you can have faith in certain attributes of God and not have faith in certain other attributes of God, Right? And so, I can have a ton of faith in the goodness of God. Yeah, God is super good, but I, maybe I don't have a whole lot of faith in God as provider. I haven't encountered him as provider in the same way. And so, as I spend the time praising him as provider and looking through my life and seeing the times that he's provided and seeing how he's provided through scripture, I'm actually driving that tent peg deeper and deeper and deeper into the ground, which actually creates a resting place for the Lord in my life. Does that make sense? And as we spend time in thanksgiving and spend time in praise, it makes us more and more stable, more and more immune to the storms of life because we've spent the time. we spent the time meditating. we spent the time praising and thanking him for who he is. And so as we're talking about praise, I do want to go through these real quick. Uh, you guys have probably um, heard and seen these before, but in Scripture, there's, there's seven Hebrew words for praise. And Matt referenced one of them before, but when you uh, read through the Psalms in English Bibles, just about all of them are just interpreted praise. But a lot of times, like the physical expressions that we do in worship or the different ways that we praise God are actually commanded in Scripture, but it's just translated as praise. And so if you want to write these down, you can. Um, so the seven Hebrew words for praise, number one, the primary word for praise is halal. And it's where we get the word hallelujah and it means to be clear, to praise, to shine, to boast, to show, to rave, to celebrate, or be clamorously foolish. I like it. I think about David, you know, dancing in his underwear in front of the, in front of the Ark of the Covenant coming in. He is halaling the Lord. It says in Psalm 113, it says, praise the Lord, praise halal, O servants of the Lord, halal the name of the Lord to celebrate, and to clamorously, be clamorously foolish. Oh, man. Yesterday morning got pretty foolish. We were talking about our favorite times of the week, and multiple of us said that yesterday morning was good. It was the best. All right. Number two, yada. Yada, uh, it means praise with the extended hand, to throw out the hand, therefore to worship with extended, extended hand, to lift the hands. David prayed, would the lifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifice to you, God? We see through scripture that like something about lifting our hands or like lifting up our hands, like the sacrifice of doing this actually means something to God. I don't really get it, but 
I love that this is a command in Scripture of actually lifting our hands is a part of praise. And so we don't just lift our hands in worship like when we're feeling it or when the song is really good or there's a really good build happening. We lift our hands as an act of worship, actually as a, Lord, I'm giving you a sacrifice of praise. I'm doing something that's maybe physically uncomfortable right now. You know, depending on where you're worshiping, you're doing something that you could look embarrassing doing. It's Second Chronicles 20 says, Give thanks, which is yada. Give yada to the Lord, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Psalm 63.1 says, So I will bless you, Lord, as long as I live. I will yada my hands in your name. Psalm 107 says, Oh, that men would yada the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. The third Hebrew word for praise is tauda comes from the same principal word as yada, but it's used more specifically. I love this. Tauda is an extension of the hand in adoration, avowal, or acceptance. By way of application, it is apparent in the Psalms and elsewhere that it's used for thanking God. Get this. Used for thanking God for things not yet received. So if you are tauda, if you tauda the Lord, you are lifting up your hands and saying, God, I thank you for this breakthrough that I haven't received yet. I thank you for coming through. I thank you for providing for me financially. I thank you for meeting me in my loneliness. Lord, I thank you for breaking me out of this addiction, even though I keep on failing this week. Psalm 50 says, Offer unto God tauda and pray your vows unto the Most High. The fourth word is shabak, except it's in Hebrew, so it's, there's much more like phlegm in the ch, the shabak means to shout, to address in a loud tone, to command, to triumph. Man, we need more of this. To shout, to address in a loud tone, to command, to triumph. All those hipster worship leaders saying, you know, can we give the Lord a shout? It has to be with an accent. I can't do an accent, but it's always, you know, it's the Hillsong accent. You are shabaking the Lord. So Psalm 47 says, oh, clap your hands, all peoples. Shabak to God with a voice of joy. Psalm 145, one generation shall praise, shall shabak your works to another and declare your mighty acts. Man, in my own life, shabak, giving the Lord a shabak praise is incredibly like uncomfortable and yet almost always results in something breaking in my heart in a really good way, right? There's something that's like, two things. So either like dancing before the Lord or just yelling, <laughs> really loud before the Lord in praise, something, doing those two things unlocks something in my heart. Typically, I'm alone. Typically, I don't know, sometimes I, if I'm like walk in the woods, then I'll just, I'll shabak. I will address the Lord in a loud tone to command, to give praise in a shout. And man, there's something that happens in our hearts. I don't know what it is. I don't, I can't des it, describe it, but it's something like, it's a release of saying, God, this is all that I have to give you. This is all the voice that I have to give you. This is, it, with dancing before the Lord, it's like, man, this is all that I have. This really, all, all my ability <laughs> is right here. And so if you're having a time of like, man, I, I haven't been feeling the Lord much, highly recommend either dancing before the Lord or shabaking the Lord. Number five, barak. Barak means to kneel down, to bless, the Lord, to bless God as an act of adoration or to salute. Psalm 95 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel. Let us barak before the Lord our Maker. First Chronicles said, David said to all the assembly, Now barak the Lord your God. And all the assembly barak the Lord. 
God of their fathers and bowed low and paid homage to God. Zamar, or as Matt said earlier, Zamar, it means to pluck the strings of an instrument, to sing, to praise, and it's a musical word which typically involves, it's a, it's a joyful expression of music to God. And so we, uh, I, I've been trying to encourage both myself and members of our team of coming before the Lord as like in faith of saying, man, you actually playing before the Lord, you just playing your instrument means as much to the Lord as anybody who's singing. And actually coming in in faith and saying, I, the Lord is pleased with my playing. And to God, us playing sounds the same as us singing. Because both are simply expressions of our heart to him. And so it's a Zamar praise. We saw just as, Dave, or as uh, Matt described earlier, there's power in Zamar praise to break affliction. There's power. It shifts atmospheres. And it says in Psalm 21, it says, Be exalted, O Lord, in thine O strength. So we will sing and Zamar your power. First Chronicles 16.9, Sing to him, sing praises. So Zamar to him, speak of all his wonders. I love, I just... I love the idea of praising the Lord without words, of we just come together and we play it in the moments of, of playing instruments of, you know, whatever it is, of zamar to the Lord. All right, number seven is, is tehillah. It's the last one, and it comes from halal. It has the same root word. It's the singing of halals, and it typically involves music. And it is the spontaneous overflow song. So it's in that moment, it's, it's what we would call worship. It's that moment of revelation. It's that moment of unction, of beholding the Lord and being like, oh my gosh, you really are good. You really are faithful. And it's in these, these moments of tequila when, when Paul says, like, sing songs from the Spirit. It says, sing hymns, psalms, like written songs, and songs from the Spirit. It's an overflow. It's a spontaneous song in the moment to worship the Lord. And I, I love this verse. It's Psalm 22.3. And it says, For you are holy, O God, who is enthroned on the praises, on the tehillah of Israel. Tehillah praise is the only type of praise that, it, that Scripture mentions that God is enthroned upon. So when we talk about creating a dwelling place for God, the only type of praise that Scripture says that God actually dwells in is the tehillah praise of his people. It's that authentic, in the moment, like reaction to the Lord. It's our hearts responding to his presence, to, he, to who he is. It's actually beholding him and saying yes to who he is and what he's saying about himself. And I love that, I love that verse, Psalm 22, 3. And, um, I'm going to dive into this for a second. Because praise really, it's so much about attention and time. And what praise is, it, it's enthroning the Lord above everything else in our lives. So when we spend time praising, we are specifically lifting our heads above our circumstances, above the things going on in our lives, and we are enthroning God high above it and say, God, you are greater than anything I'm experiencing, greater than anything I'm going through, and it is lifting him higher. And so when we talk about our tequila praise of enthroning him, we are talking about in, like actually creating a throne for him that's higher than anything that we are facing, and it's lifting our heads up, right? Lifting our heads. So think about this. So... In, um, in ancient Egypt, like when the Israelites were, were slaves, 
Pharaoh would be carried around in a litter, right? So he would, he would have this royal throne that then there would be poles on both sides of the throne, and then there would be people walking around with the poles on, on their shoulders. And then so anytime that for 400 years the Israelites saw Pharaoh, saw the king, they would see him enthroned on the shoulders of servants. And everywhere that he would go, he would be enthroned upon his followers, upon his servants. And so he would walk and he would survey the Israelites' work. And they would see that this king is enthroned upon people. And then David talks about this of God is then enthroned on the praises of his people. And it's the same thing that Isaiah is referencing when Isaiah says and is prophesying about Jesus and says that the government will be upon his shoulders. It's the same reference. It's the same thing of what Isaiah is saying, the government, meaning the governance, the governor, the the king, the ruling power will be upon his shoulders. Meaning everywhere that Jesus would go, the authority of heaven was there. And Psalm 22.3 is saying the same thing, is that anywhere that we walk around and we praise and we establish the throne of heaven, the authority of heaven is there, the authority of God. Think about, like, think about walking through just regular life and just throughout the day, like, lifting up the Lord in praise and just declaring who he is. God, you are faithful, you are kind. At work, at the grocery store, at home, especially in moments when it seems like the opposite is true. And all of a sudden we are, we are enthroning him like on our shoulders. We are enthroning him and we are, we are carrying his resting place into everywhere that we go to. Let's, uh, as we close, let's go to, uh, let's go to Romans 1. You know what? We're not going to dive into that tonight. (laughs) Romans 1 is incredible about the importance that giving thanks and honoring God, so thanksgiving and praise, the role that thanksgiving and praise plays in impacting culture. And just the short version is that because of people's refusal, it says that God, because Although people knew God, they refused to give thanks or honor God. And because of that, God gave people over to darkness and hardness of heart, which then led to immorality, which led all the way to everything. And so, thanksgiving and praise are the foundation of a soft heart, of us beholding the Lord. And we are here in Indianapolis, we're here in downtown to be like to be the in-between of when God looks at Hawville, when God looks at Indianapolis, of like, man, did Indianapolis stop to give thanks and to give praise? And our goal is to, we want to be the, 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 the intercessor in the middle that says, hey, look, like we are giving you thanks. We are giving you praise. We are here to give thanks and praise on behalf of our city, on behalf of this community, on behalf of ourselves. 
Lord, would you keep our hearts soft? Don't let your grace fall away from us. Okay, didn't do that justice. It's really good. Romans 1, 18 through 32, check it out. Can we stand up? And I just want to end by, just by praising him tonight. Oh, just really simple. So Lord, we just say that you are worthy of it all, Jesus. You are worthy of it all, Lord. You are worthy of it all, Jesus. You are worthy, O Lord, of all glory, of all honor, of all praise. Lord, you are worthy of our obedience. You are worthy of our lifetimes, God. Father, if we never heard your voice again, if we never felt your presence again, you would still be worthy of our entire lives. For everything that you've done, for everything that you're doing, and everything that you will do, you are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You are, you are. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You do, you do, Lord. You are worthy of it all, Jesus. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Can we lift our hands together or kneel? Oh, you are worthy of it all. We give you praise, Lord. You are worthy of it all, our King and Lord. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Oh, you're worthy. You are worthy of it all, Lord. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Jesus, we honor you. We praise you, Lord. Would you teach us? Oh, would you teach us to live lives of thanksgiving and praise?
both personally and both corporately, God. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Hey, so we got in our Minister to the Lord series, we're going to talk on worship next week. We're going to talk on intercession the next week. And then Matt, Jeff, and I have committed to recording podcasts like we used to do with the three of us talking about each one of these individually because I was a dingus and didn't record Jeff's message last night or last week. And so then we'll have Thanksgiving praise, worship, and intercession with each of our perspectives on it. So we'll do that sometime this summer. But bless you guys. Love you. And uh, prayer set next Wednesday morning at 9.30 and here next Thursday night at 7. See ya.